Turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. Hello, friend and listener. It may be your first time, it may be your latest of many listens to Nick Knack Goes to the Movies, the paramount podcast for all things movies, TV, and pop culture. With my acceptance of not feeling the immediate need to see Top Gun's sequel, it was real doozy to come up with the subject material for this latest bi-weekly episode. If you go to my letterbox, you can see some absolute dredge. Like, I've been watching some bad stuff of late. Some fun, but for sure rubbish. There are so many Star Wars things happening now too, with half of Kenobi already out and all the announcements for Andor, Ahsoka, aka the continuation of the very underrated animated Rebel show, the latest from Mandalorian, and the return of Liam Neeson, among others, for Tales of the Jedi. So much from a galaxy far, far away. But it really boiled down, for me at least, to two more horror-based franchises. I have done recently, you know, it was either the entirety of Black Mirror, which was done in two weeks, minus Bandersnatch, still working on that, which may remind you of something else I did in two weeks, which was the other topic of choice, the latest American Horror Story season, which I had just finished uh, on Hulu. I know it came out way back when in the summer of 2021, so got back to it eventually. And while this podcast has a special love for the American Horror Story seeing, being our first episode and all, we will actually be going for the Black Mirror Super 5 season episode instead. Bandersnatch will not be in this one because I only have so much time. This is going to be a beefy one to boot, so buckle in. Um, But we'll get there, I promise, one day. So let's get to the unsettling, darker, and more modernized version of the Twilight Zone with the horror sci-fi elements, Black Mirror. So if you're unfamiliar with this show, I loosely will call it a show, because really this is more of an anthology series with fairly long episodes that really are more movie lengths. But if you aren't familiar, go go watch it first and then come on back. Yeah. And that's the pause. Welcome back if you had to go watch all 22 episodes, just like I did. So they're all pretty much isolated There's a few similar technical innovations used in a few episodes, which is a nice thread. Apparently, all these things take place in the same world, so it makes sense that there's some shared technological advances after all. So, the actor run-throughs, which is how I like to start these episodes off, it'll take a good time because uh, there's some pretty big-name actors. Uh, I mean, that's some of my favorite parts of the show is having some of these big-name people um in these these one-offs and of course i also like the dark messed up parts of this show as well which there are many i mean i like both those things a lot dark messed up unless it's the not hit film men somehow uh i met my match for too weird not sure if it was too dark it was dark but not i don't think that was the reason it was an issue for me the too weird part for sure not sure if this will be my new punching bag movie It has been a lot of Rob Zombie and his terrible Halloween movies for, like, a long time, those two remakes. Somehow never Morbius, probably because the dance is hilarious, but men is a whole unique thing in and of itself. So let's get through some cool actors that are littered in this anthology series. I will try to go through chronological order, which is weird, because that's not how I watch this on Netflix, you know, where it is all available on. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So speaking of men, yikes, I know. Uh, Rory Kinnear is in this. And when not playing a ton of versions of himself and giving birth to himself, spoiler alert, I guess, which feels like something uh, like, like Frida Kahlo would come up with in Coco. He's just one man in this show. Um, but he was also in the James Bond, Craig era staple films with like four appearances, NBD. Hannah John Kamen is not a... Big player necessarily in either of her episodes, but I have been seeing her in a lot of things of late between Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Resident Evil, and now this. People forget she was in Game of Thrones, I feel like, which also had a lot of good cast members. 
Also, Get Out and another Marvel player, Daniel Kalua, has a super strong episode and some lesser Marvel project actors, but you know, still there. Toby Kebbell, the last to play, albeit a weirdly designed Doctor Doom, and Tom Cullen from a severely unknown show, Nightfall, which was a History Channel show about you know knights and kings and stuff with. The Star Wars legend himself, Mark Hamill, joining season two. Another one of those things to throw out. We were looking for stuff to do post, like, Game of Thrones to me and my mom way back when. And it was like, Tudors was okay. Still haven't got around to Borges. Like, barely started it. Also have to get on that. And Nightfall was on that same mix, too. If you want more swashbuckling night stuff, I guess. I know, swashbuckling's pirates. Close enough. And that is just season one of this show. There are so many actors here, and I'm just running through the ones I know well enough. Season two brought us the unlikely romantic pairing of Weasley Twin and General Hux, Domin Hall Gleason, an agent or Captain Carter, whichever name you like for inclusion purposes for the best, Haley Atwell. I feel like I get excited about more random actors than others, like Jason Fleming from some of my favorite gritty British Guy Ritchie movies like Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Fun fact, Toby Kebbell is in one of those as well, Rock and Rolla, which is supposed to get a sequel, and it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll hopefully get there soon. One day I should do a Guy Ritchie episode, writing it down. I would say most people don't know about Tobias Menzies, but you will know his face. Edmure Tully from Game of Thrones also has a James Bond Craig era thing, uh, Star Wars Rebels, and multiple strong AMC shows. People forget how good AMC was, like, even post the peak of the Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead stuff. But he was in both The Terror and The Night Manager. And even more James Bond Craig characters are in this, with Andrew Scott, who keeps playing a similar role in things I've seen him in, like this, that, and the big main one that everyone probably thinks about from Sherlock. Sometimes they have super exciting AMC leads like John Hamm, a major role, and even a small, like, barely blink and you miss it one for Aaron Paul. Thankfully, he's doing more TV overall post-Breaking Bad with another season of his uh, coming to Westworld. We'll be here soon enough. He starred in season three, season four. He'll be back, it looks like, from the trailer. This show really does get a ton of just Marvel and Thrones actors overall. Just... To say even more, Wyatt Russell, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Jerome Flynn, Game of Thrones as Bronn, a sensational character, uh, Benedict Wong as the face of the latest MCU Phase 4, Anthony Mackie, the new Captain America and previous Falcon, Palm Clementif, Mantis from the Guardians franchise, and of course Bryce Dallas Howard, who we will see very soon in the new Jurassic movie coming out in like a week or so, I think. Uh, but people forget of her Marvel Day roles in one of those, albeit weirder ones, Spider-Man 3, the Toby dancing one. Another few Spider-Man Sony vets are in here too. Somehow Kirsten Dunst was in one of these, not Toby Maguire sadly, but still. Having both love interests of OG Spider-Man, not the same movie, but still it's fun. And Topher Grace is here too, the first Venom, who had to say and act lines in Spider-Man 3 about walking into a church and asking God to openly Old Testament smite Peter Parker. The audacity of the writers there. Uh, I guess Westworld has a few players in this too. Jimmy Simpson was a, a big player in the first season of Westworld, but he's kind of that quirky nerd character a lot, and I kind of feel like he is like an American lesser-known version of maybe like a Simon Pegg for people who aren't as familiar with his work. He may not be super known, but I enjoy him every time I see him on camera. A lot of Marvel and MCU representation, for sure, but there's a bit of DC love with Yaha Abdul-Martin II, who I can't wait to see in the Aquaman sequel to see where his character arc takes him. I loved his beginning to the movie, fighting Jason Momoa and having a reason for vengeance. And of course, the show found a way to get pop star and actor, the best of both worlds, Hannah Montana, I mean, uh, Miley Cyrus. So the Black Mirror podcast episode starts off with a huge list of actors from me, and it kind of makes me the walking IMDb page that you're listening to now. Well, I think I need to do this to show just how many names they get to be on this. Not all are big to everyone, but a horror sci-fi show with Hannah John Kamen, Jerome Flynn, Anthony Mackie, John Hamm, Haley Atwell, 
Bryce Dallas Howard, Daniel Kaluuya, Yaha Abdul-Martin II, and of course, Miley Cyrus. MCU, Game of Thrones, James Bond, just AMC mainstays and more are littered in these 22 episodes. So yeah, go watch Black Mirror on Netflix ASAP and become terrified by technology and contemplate life and how the world is the way it is. Happy binging. And before I get to the episodes at hand, know that I watched this from season five to season one, starting with the first episode of each season and working backwards. Not by choice, but that's how they were laid on Netflix. You may hear me comment on episodes and seasons, how I experienced them, but that's how they were available. And I wasn't going to jump from season to season to watch. There's no way I was going to do that. Um, But I'll go through them all like, you know, it should have been done season one to five in like two weeks max and order of release. So this is that. And here we go into the episodes themselves. Now that you know some of the who's who in them all. Also, lastly, a shout out to Caleb and Elise, loyal show fans who inspired me to take on this episode. So this is to you both. Congrats on the new gigs, by the way. And to you, the listener, let's get through all the sci-fi scares here and try not to get too questy. <laughs> Another little inside joke there. So, season one. I actually ended my watch through with season one, so it's a bit weird to think about starting with this as most people's first introduction to the series. And while these all exist in the same universe world, the isolated stories make you think you could watch these in any order jump around, skip ones if you don't really watch, rewatch ones you really like, and all that. And while this is true, I sure did, this would of course been a ton of people's first foray to the tone of what this show was all about, set way back in 2011, uh, for what this franchise would be. And while nothing could get me truly ready, or anyone, for this darker, edgier Twilight Zone, like, You know, that alone only does so much to really get you there. A lot of people would make their decision about liking or not liking this franchise with these three episodes and, like, if they wanted to see what other seasons had to do. And interestingly, some of the tech introduced here is indeed used in later episodes, such as, you know, the the block for people, you know, the memory recall technology, implanting people, all these things are things that kind of start within the first season or two so it's important to kind of be aware of what you have going here so those three episodes in question would be the national anthem 15 million merits and the entire history of you now with everything i've heard about the show the infamous pig episode was something i had heard a lot about and i heard it was a lot I had no clue that was how the whole series started off. Some episodes are darker, more sci-fi, or more messed up. This is easily in the more messed up ones category. This one doesn't feel super sci-fi-y. Instead, it's a, a whole royal ransom that has media coverage, military, and yes, insane uh, public humiliation with someone performing sexual acts with the infamous pig. This episode was wild. It was good with how messed up it was and, you know, leading to the, the eventual moment that you would have hoped, you know, they could avoid. It's kind of like, you know, Game of Thrones, you think, um, or any fantasy series, you know, things will eventually go well. And then Game of Thrones, when you think things will go well, they just don't. That's kind of how you thought about this. Like you'd watch an episode of like a FBI drama where there's some thing like someone gets kidnapped, someone's being blackmailed to do a thing, but then they save it just in time. Well, that's what you may be hoping. Oh, they're going to save it. It's not, there's no way this thing is going to happen. But then it does. And like the government things are over there with, you know, public approval and how media portrays things. And of course, things like ramifications of trauma and dealing with it are also experienced here, which, you know, is a staple of the show. But I could see someone not giving the show a second chance uh, after this episode, which is sad because there were some overall really good episodes, including the second episode here. There is a good tone uh, for my kind of episodes, the ones that are, you know, a techie dystopian future that seems far off, but they may not be all that off in the distance. And 15 Million Merits is one of those real good ones. It has 
amazing acting from Daniel Kaluuya. It has American Idol references, a show that I grew up with. I think I started like season four is when I started, and then I eventually tapered off. But still, I, I enjoy it for what it is. I still have some American Idol songs on my uh, phone, of course. And this episode just feels like the message is trying to make is it's clear enough, but not preachy. Only a few of these episodes end on a truly happy note. This one, I would say, can be up to interpretation. I don't know if it truly, you could say it is happy, but, you know, close enough. But the idea of a future world powered by cardio, unless you're one of the famous few, I mean, it is messed up. But I do love me some cardio. So I would tend to think I could be fit AF uh, and not be a disappointment anymore. But, like, that is a, a no way to live, obviously. But this episode, for me, was huge. In the same way that, you know, this episode was huge, episode three was quite average. This was the first of the episodes to introduce us to some of the tech that we would see time and time again, which less matters and is more just a neat, connective, thin tissue. Uh, these have nothing truly ever feels... Like, we would have sequel episodes, anthology style, which I like. But, you know, a few connected stories, AHS-wise, would have been neat. But the entire history episode feels like a bit more of a generic version of some later episodes with the cool memory recall tech. This episode isn't bad. I don't know if I'd say any of these episodes, there's a few that I really don't care for, but they're not bad. But the whole couples who don't share all their dating histories, who can't hide it because of technology, it was just very generic as far as these go. Cool idea, though. Now, these could have all been cool with the first intro to, you know, the topics, but seeing them last, one of them was too weird. Maybe just weird enough. I don't know. It was pretty weird. One of them was average, but that 15 million one was very, very good. Good enough to get me more invested in these one-off movie movies if I had started with this. Yes, these are for the most part on the longer side, but that makes sense. I just hope that Pig episode didn't scare too many people off from a, a really neat series. These seasons were overall spread out until like the last few. Season 6 could be a bit still. We don't have a, a true timeline on that yet. But I can't imagine having to wait a while for like three episodes. It's been a pleasure for a full marathon, just like it was with AHS. These seasons were also fairly short early on. You know, in season two, another three episodes with a holiday special a year later. Be Right Back, White Bear, The Waldo Moment, and White Christmas. But I won't sugarcoat it. Look, in general, I like most of these episodes overall. This show overall, you know, some are too weird, some are just fine. Season 2 has a lot of just fine episodes. Be Right Back is the iconic line that every doomed horror character says. You heard it in Scream and Beyond, right? And Which to me, if that's what it was about, I was stoked. I don't think there's any masked horror slasher type episodes. I don't know, you know, true ones, right? If there was and ever will be, I'll be stoked for it. Um... Instead, though, uh, there is in this episode, it's a it's a relationship drama. Uh, quite a few of those episodes exist in Black Mirror, and this is one of them. And there's the interesting romantic pairing of General Hux and Agent Carter. And yeah, this show follows the horror trope, even if it's not like true horror in that way. And I tell my mom uh, this happens, you know, with families or couples. She'll never watch things of the scary kind but think about when you watch like a, a horror haunted house movie with the family um you know i don't think my family really watches horror things in general maybe my one sister but i'm getting sidetracked the point is i want to make is normally these stories start with things going well enough for this couple um and you know when horror things they end up just awfully that and or you discover things weren't so peachy initially you know it, it starts up high and then it drops down the story has to have fluctuating curves it can't just all be good or all be bad there has to be conflict and other things and you know this is not a true horror it's it's a romance gone horribly bad when one person gets hit by a car and then comes the grief and trauma parts which you think would be a home run for me the ideas are good getting a a robot husband first over messaging then his voice then a literal robot to help um, you know, with the healing process and overcoming it, 
it works for a time, but people are more than just, you know, all their internet presences. And, you know, this is another one of those ones. And I'll say this probably a lot. The idea was cool. The messaging was cool. But this one was just a bit slow for me. And the post credit scene, um, apt with the group of Marvel actors in this franchise, is a neat touch of just holding her husband's, you know, robot in her attic, only used when she or their daughter need him for something. The next of these episodes is super familiar for me to a Blumhouse film that released around the start of the pandemic. It was supposed to be released earlier, but was one of those seemingly too controversial ones called The Hunt, uh, a movie about like Democrats hunting Republicans and internet things and rumors. And it's a fun enough movie. Um, not amazing, but fun enough and not nearly as controversial as I think people made it out to be. And White Bear at least starts off super similar. Someone waking up not knowing what's going on, people being hunted once again. Watching in the order I did, season 5 to 1, not my fault, how Netflix laid them out. Uh, you know, I mean, they did it for Scream 2 and they changed it. Maybe I'm the one who changed it to go from 3 to 1 to 1 to 3 because now it's better and I love watching the MTV slash uh, VH1 Scream series on loop. I wish they made a DVD just so I could add to my collection, but... Once again, sidetracked. But the themes in this uh, entry in the Black Mirror series have been around. People are slaves to technology, you know, which isn't obviously the true meaning until the end, but it kind of looks that way. At least that was my thought when you have all the people who were stuck filming and couldn't talk. You know, things with guns and stuff with some of those later military ones. That, of course, is used in episodes that I think, honestly, this show never does great with the military episodes. But... In this episode at hand, the people are being made to film, you know, without talking, seem like something super messed up, and it was fun and uneasy. And yes, the post-credit reveal that this is a, a punishment for this woman committing a crime, having her memory wiped, and doing this day and day again. We have a lot of tech punishments as the show goes, even some Jurassic Park vibes with the new one coming out soon. But I think this one was another one of those ones that was fun. It was fine. I, I, I enjoyed it more than I think other may, people maybe did, but let's not get carried away. This was fine. Um, this may be a trend for season two as a whole. You know, I enjoy politician Ed Muratelli from Thrones finally getting his chance, uh, you know, to, to lead people, unlike in Game of Thrones, where he was very lame. Uh, the Waldo moment is something that maybe I wanted more political criticism. Like Beer Vendetta, I hold that in super high regard for any sort of, you know, political fascism talking points in media. So the Waldo moment came out like the rest of this season way back in 2013. So it'd been a while before anything like, you know, HS cult was made for a very specific reason to provide political commentary and have a special kind of real world horror. But this is pretty much, you know, a joke candidate, and running with it and seeing what happens. There's a real-life dog mayor now, so how far off is a cartoon animal that talks and makes crass jokes? This episode is fun, but it feels like I was always wanting more and I just never got it. You know, there was talk of government agencies and companies using, you know, this figurehead company mascot to rule, but the post credit scene only does so much to wrap up the story. I like how dark it is to end it, but it, like I said, it only does so much. Now, this season was on the weaker side, but the to-this-point sole holiday special of any kind, White Christmas, it brought it. John Ham, that's all. I mean, it could be all, but I will say more. So, this episode feels super similar to a mini-anthology series episode called Black Museum from Season 4. But this had fewer stories to follow... Also, it has a ton of the fun technology from early episodes, and same thing. It brings in things that are staples of the franchise. It has, um, you know, blocking people. I think this is the first used one um, of what that looks like. And then it also has some of the memory recall stuff that was used earlier, as well as the notion of putting people or some part of people like memories or some part of someone's sentience as digital avatars into some object. A lot of times the show gives sentience to parts of people, but makes the sentience there to service people in like mundane ways. Like 
the butter robot from Rick and Morty, which does a lot of the same stuff as this show, but I'd say less dark. Sometimes it's pretty dark. Um, but I didn't expect to think of Rick and Morty as less dark than something else criticizing like technology or some part of the world. But here we are. But I like making Ham this same kind of charismatic guy he always plays, but also making him a bit of like a scumbag and kind of villain. Not as much as the guy he is with, who while sympathetic, the idea of being blocked by someone for eternity and their kid being blocked from you too. Like the concept's wild, like muting anytime they can't talk to you, you can't talk to them, removing their image in person or in any photo ever. It's a rough punishment, but it's one of those cooler tech ideas brought up in this show that, of course, does vilify this stuff. Because with no crazy tech implants, you couldn't do that. It wouldn't be a thing. But, you know, people are relying on their, their tech and their implants. This story constantly plays uh, with your expectations of what is going on, which is good to keep you on your toes. And the post credit scene, um, some of these put Marvel to shame with how good they are at times. And this one of having Ham... Seem to be fine, but having him blocked by everyone forever, alone in this world, always surrounded by these, you know, blocked out blobs, you know, and the other guy is imprisoned in, you know, this memory of a snow globe after murdering his ex's father, like the justice system in Black Mirror, and in this episode specifically, is wild. Easily the best part of season two, if you can count it, which I think you have to. Season three starts to trend off you know a few years later of having double the episodes so the next few will be longer season recaps we have nosedive playtest shut up and dance san junipero men against fire and hated in the nation so with the other seasons being mostly you know i have one i really like and the others being more so fine enough this has i think three hours about and three that were less so. But three strong ones is pretty good for me, all things considered. 50% all, although that's not passing in uh, the academia settings, I know, because my sister works in academia. So 50 is okay for this, but not for that. Not going to pass you know, math with that. So there were a few episodes in these five seasons that really stood out to me. And for sure, Nosedive is one. I'm a bit of a TikTok influencer, NBD, not as much as a... My friend Joyden with Kuth Careers. Make sure to follow her too. Uh, but you know, social media is definitely a big thing and somewhat for me as well. Now I don't know when I will be legit, but having the entire world seemingly uh, run on you being good at social media, this episode was wild. Everything felt nice and clean, but the cracks in society and seeing Bryce Dallas Howard take this as some kind of nosedive, what are we, some kind of suicide squad, uh, to to being a social media person. Um, you know, she's close-ish to making it big all the way to tumbling down to going in jail with nothing, like experiencing everyday person life. This just was such a good episode that showed a crumbling society that just had way too much realism and had so few people in the, the privileged chunk of it and everything else was just not it. This one for sure feels like it could happen one day. The morals on display here were once again not preachy, close, but it did not happen. Like everything from living in a nice place, literal employment, uh, flights, it would be a scary world to live based on this stuff. And it just shows how fake everyone is to portray this thing on social media. And it's so, so good. Um, like I am sure some people would be all about this world of living with social media and their presence, but I don't know this is one episode I think everyone should watch. You know, influencers, social media people. I think every person could get something out of this episode. Ooh, gives me chills just thinking about it. So, uh, Hannah John Kamen's second episode. There's a bit more of a feature role in here. She was only briefly in the uh, 15 million American Idol one. And the show pairs her, uh, obviously from her Ant-Man days, um, with another Marvel vet in Wyatt Russell, son of Kurt Russell, to remind y'all. You know me, I'm a gamer. Not like a hardcore one. I mostly play Animal Crossing and Lego Star Wars these days. But when Falls Guys uh, comes to Switch, uh, will be a game changer for me and I'll be a bit more of a gamer for that for sure. I know it's coming this summer uh, but many people did not like Wyatt Russell's character performance in the Falcon the Winter Soldier show but he played an unintentional villain well so he did the job right? I liked that show more than maybe most did 
I just wish there were more consequences, especially for his character. But I like him as an actor. Sure, he was also good in Overlord, one of those many World War II zombie movies out there that I think people also just forgot about. This really is another one of those movies slash shows, I guess. It's so iffy what you want to call the episodes in Black Mirror. That starts off so well in the horror world, so you know it will end badly. I love video games and horror, so you think it would, you know, I would be about this one. But, if you know me, I don't like spiders as big as houses and arachnophobia alert. There are big spiders here, so no, even if they are fake, they look real enough to me, and that's the problem. One of the many episodes that warns of the too realistic VR concerns. I really like the haunted parts of this episode, you know, someone's in the painting, then they're not, the lights are on, like, the idea of something using your fears against you for a form of entertainment, I mean, it reminds me that I would be horrified going to a real haunted house or doing, like, I don't know, even horror VR might be too much. I don't think I've ever done it, and I don't know if I ever will do it. Even haunted, like, tours and, like, parks are a little much for me, uh, but I don't know if I would go to a haunted house. I don't know if I need answers to those questions. So most people would say uh, the pig episode uh, messed with them the most. And it is for sure up there. But my take for the one that messed with me the most and messed me up the most might have been the second most messed up one overall is Shut Up and Dance. No, it is not based on the Walk the Moon song. I wish it was. This episode tricks you. It's dark, it's messed up, and just so messed up. I don't really want to say a whole lot more outside of it's a mind fuck and uh, Braun from Game of Thrones is on it, but I probably have to say a little bit more than that, right? So, in essence, it's, you know, someone's going to release a bunch of stuff on people if they don't do things. You think the kids thing was uh, maybe somewhat innocuous, kid who's more like a teen, I guess, but, you know, flip it around and his crime is pretty messed up. And it makes you sympathize with him, but it lives little seeds to thinking maybe he's not so good, and lo and behold, what is it? It really subverts your expectation, which I guess is good, but it messed with me, like, maybe too much, and I don't know. This this wasn't men, but it was as close to men as Black Mirror got for me, even though there's not birthing yourself things. What a weird movie men was, right? Maybe that is the thing I'm going to stick with my new punching bag for a little bit, but don't forget Rob Zombie made some awful Halloween movies. Those two are terrible. There's one good song. I like Dan Trejo in the first one. But those are bad movies. Never forget. Never, never forget how bad those are. <laughs> but on to uh, another episode in this season. And I don't know if I would ever say I was bored with an episode of Black Mirror. Some just never really did for me. A lot of times he's had, like I've said time and time again so far, interesting concepts and you know the Black Mirror technology. And they had a few surprises along the way. And I think San Junipero was one of those. Things happened that were interesting. I was just never interested in the episode enough, really. Season 3 was a full epitome of a mixed bag. Some episodes were really strong. Some were just not for me. This episode, Men Against Fire, as the kids say, mid. It is an action movie about uh, fighting some group of people, or more so creatures called roaches. And I think this is one you can spot a mile away. Partly because if you watch enough of this show, you know nothing's as it seems. Partly because they have morals in most episodes without being too preachy, more cautionary tales. So yeah, obviously the roaches were some sort of marginalized group being hunted down. I didn't necessarily see the soldiers being like technology wiped so the kills were desensitized and the soldiers were not feeling and experiencing the horrors of war. Like I totally get it, but I could have seen it from so far away like the episode was maybe a few minutes and i was like i know i get i get it i get the point uh it was a little bit too generic of like a apocalypse war story season four had something like this close enough but before that uh let's wrap up season three with hated in the nation besides having mcu legend benedict wong this episode takes on you know, some super interesting things of holding people accountable for actions, regardless of how famous or unknown they are, keeping everyone accountable. Sure, there's something with metal bees and uh, helping the planet, and that's what they're meant to do, but instead they're hacked and are, you know, swarms are killing people. So I guess, you know, part of this is hunting down a, a serial killer, which is something I, you know, wish the series did more. 
you know, but with an actual, you know, Jason, Michael Myers, boogeyman type thing. But yeah, the dark web voting on who is the worst person to kill is a fun enough aspect in and of itself. And the catch at the end of going after everyone who voted to kill someone, that is peak Black Mirror. A true gotcha moment that closed out a very up and down season three. I guess like every TV show or movie series, you know, they're going to be up and down. No season of the show is like peak. All of my favorite episodes are are fairly spread out. You know, now seasons with, with double episodes have better chances for better episodes. But, you know, outside of season five, most of these are fine enough. And I think that's, you know, the case with season four. And if there was one thing I heard about outside of the pig thing from season one, which episode one, I can't believe it started with that, is the way that this season kicked off with the USS Callister episode. And now for the most part, the best episodes are the darker ones here. This is also part of this episode too. Yeah, it seems like a fun Star Trek nod and a guy who has trouble with reality. You know, there's a ton of fantasy living gaming in these episodes overall. But this is that interesting notion of having people's consciousness or some part of them, even if it's not the true one, in a digital format somewhere without it being actually them it's a weird thing and this being the fourth episode i watched only the second with this technology the whole concept is tough to wrap your head around but it is fun not only seeing you know the fun space adventure fantasy turn into an angry man's way of punishing people he thinks slighted him but also that these digital versions of these office punching bags have their own sentience and plan their escape for this digital hellscape um this is rightly so one of the strongest versions of a true Black Mirror formula. The thing is, you never know what you get, but some of them you can just tell it's on, and this one was on. And I've heard so many people uh, take on certain episodes, you know, like Archangel. Not that it's like crazy controversial, like Pig, you know, I call it Pig, it's the National Anthem episode, or uh, Shut Up and Dance. More just that a lot of people called it Mid. And that's not me at all the idea of being overprotective of your children and i don't have any kids um but still like and and saving them from the horrors of the outside world that's about as relatable and understandable as anything now the way it happens is something interesting too it takes that block technology and anything that's too scary it's just a ton of blobs you know the sounds are kind of muted not only that but the whole thing is also a camera to this girl's mom that she can see and report anything as needed. Needless to say, she grows up super sheltered, and that's not good as she gets older. Now her mom does let her off, you know, for a bit, but she learns, you know, this this child learns how this real world works, but, like, you can't shelter people from everything. Like, it's just not feasible. But when this mom becomes reliant on it, like checking into her teen daughter seeing her lose her virginity, among other things, she becomes the worst kind of helicopter parent, and eventually this leads to her daughter lashing out for another tragic end to a story of Black Mirror. But this episode was super strong for me. You know, watch it. It's not, you know, like Big Mouth of, you know, watching it and you'll learn things about, you know, puberty, growing up and raising kids and stuff, but maybe I think parents would get a kick out of watching this episode. Maybe not a kick. No one's getting a kick out of a lot of Black Mirror episodes, but... I think it would be a, a good cautionary tale. Bravo, Black Mirror. Now, if there's one episode uh, that I thought was forgettable, it apparently has to be Crocodile. Um, I It's fine, you know, but it's multiple times, numerous times, I had to remember which one was Crocodile again. It's like weird how forgettable it is to me. Sure, it has fun tech things in there, these all do, after all. But outside of the interesting notion of law enforcement having the legal right to everyone's visions and experiences, it's just kind of a bland story overall. You know, like, and I really do think between this and San Junipero, like, maybe I'd like that there's a little bit more drama here where that's more of a true relationship drama. Like, there's a little bit of angst and crime happening, I feel like, more so in this one. It's just, it has a neat idea. It's just a very average storyline of finding a killer who tries to remain hidden. It's not like a cool serial killer masked person that I'd be hoping for, like an 80s slasher or something. It's just whatever. But it's kind of funny that they use a guinea pig's vision to eventually capture this woman after she does more murders. Maybe I have talked about uh, dating apps on this podcast at some point. 
I don't know. Uh, one of the things that got me into doing podcasting was a, a breakup. Uh, among the COVID pandemic, having nothing to do afterwards, looking for hobbies this is what I came up with. But I'm assuming, you know, like a lot of people, especially single people, you've on off relationships, not just relationships, but with dating apps. You're very hot and cold. I think most people are pretty whatever towards dating apps. No one likes dating apps, right? They can be absolutely brutal at times. So Black Mirror, they know this and decide to have some fun with the idea, their idea of fun. The idea is everyone can sign away their dating freedom for this app and they will find the perfect match for everyone. And it doesn't sound awful. You know, you're living in this kind of commune, I guess, where, uh, you know, you have it's just a big dating world that you live in, I guess. Seemingly, that's like the whole world. I, I don't know how much people do outside of it. That's always up to interpretation. But, you know... It doesn't sound awful to me, but of course, like everything in this series, it's not all that good. The lengths of relationships are dictated by an app robot, and you have to follow them, and that is like the start of your relationship. So people bounce around back and forth, hoping to find, you know, one that will be the one, and you find out if you're doomed no matter what from the beginning. You know, it's it's good insight, but this is brutal. And, you know, the story this couple tries to continue to connect through all of it, even you know, fighting the system when, you know, they have some normal on and off couple disagreements, even when they're not matched up, right? They do try to find each other. The end is super vague about what happens, but wow, this is a slower one. It's also really fun. And I would say it's an important one. I don't know. I, I, I'd be cool if, if I didn't have to take the reins of the dating app and someone would just do it for me. But, you know, don't we all, right? Still single if, if anyone's uh, interested, but <laughs> uh, enough about me. So we talked about uh, the one military episode, and it was kind of average. And honestly, this one metalhead feels the same. It's less military and more Terminator apocalypse, but I felt that both of these were just missing something or were just a bit average. I think the black and white color scheme and the smaller amount of dialogue does make it a bit artsier. You can tell the tone is different here. And honestly, the ambience and tension, they're, they're here for this episode. I just don't know if I care as much for a robot dog hunting a woman through the empty apocalypse. It's fun, and I just thought it never really hooked me. I'm sure a ton of people will be and are all over this one, though. I saw the last episode to end Season 5, Black Museum, prior to White Christmas with John Hamm. And I think both of these, the, the tone and style are close and you know it's kind of a small semi-interconnected anthology story pushed into one movie with a a ton of the tech from the overall franchise i kind of wish i had seen white christmas first i remember thinking this was a cool episode um black museum but i think my appreciation for it took a bit of a hit after i saw the christmas special i overall thought the special miniseries episode and episodes were both good but i thought that one uh, the Christmas one was more interconnected and was able to do more focusing on two stories and how they interconnected in a digital prison. But to what this episode brings, you know, there are some super dark tech stories. We have the doctor who diagnoses people's pain but becomes turned on by it and who does wild murder stuff. Which feels like an episode from the Amazon Prime messed up superhero show, The Boys, season three, now kicking off. Uh, go watch it, of course, ASAP. And then after that, we have a wife who shares a body with her husband in his mind because she's comatose until she gets relegated like a teddy bear when he moves on with his life with another woman. That and a guy's consciousness has a digital clone that constantly gets electrocuted for people's pleasure. Right? All the stories are fun, and the revenge moment flip is fun, but there's a lot going on here. Maybe a too much uh, to have a little bit too much, uh, a little chaotic, right? But it's a fun enough episode and, you know, a fun enough way to close out a season. On to season five, the 2019 and latest one. Like I said, it's hard to talk Bandersnatch. I haven't finished it, A. And B, how do you even rank a choose-your-own-adventure, uh, much less talk about and compare it? Like, you could do a solo episode on it, but I don't know if you could paste it and place it within everything else. Not yet, at least. Well, I promise we'll get there. But instead, we have three episodes in what most people would say is the weakest of the five seasons. You know, back to three episodes, and I think it's a bit iffy, too. Remember, these are the first three I saw, which probably was not the best. But it is how Netflix organized them. 
if they want to change him to put him one, two, three, four, five, I would never say no. But this bunch did have the most, I guess, maybe stat cast, or at least people I'd heard of at least, starting with Striking Vipers, another video game one. While the first one was, you know, a horror with the fake Captain America, this was somehow a romance developing with, digitally, the real Captain America and Black Manta. There's something fun about the energies digital personas can have, you know, the differences we are in real life and online. And while, you know, this puts a strain on a marriage and a friendship at the same time, it has about as happy of a conclusion as you can hope for uh, in a Black Mirror where the two guys end up keeping their digital romance. They can do it like once whatever, and then the one guy's wife goes out and about, and it's kind of like an open marriage thing. But it, it felt like a pretty happy end, and I like the low-key tension but the fun tech stuff. I mean, this was the first episode I watched. The one thing I will always wonder is when the two video game avatars are in you know, the virtual experience, like, that must be on TV. They're, you know, avatars having sex, you would think, which for sure should have come up as an issue eventually, especially because the one time Anthony Maggot's, like, woken up by his son when he's on the couch, like, in the trance. I'll never get past that logic part. But falling in love with your best friend only virtually was another fun enough story to tell. I will just say Smithereens was a boring episode. It was Andrew Scott playing the same-ish character as in Sherlock. And that one James Bond movie, you know, he's the mastermind guy trying to take some specific entity or person or company down. Even the cab driver thing. He was a driver in this version, was kind of like the first episode of Sherlock, uh, a study in pink with the cab driver guy. But the whole why and overall story was kind of blah. Once again, the tech ideas... But all are for sure interesting. Cops are weirdly getting more information about perps from social media websites who know everything about people and how to get into their psyche. Topher Grace as a tech guru who is a normalish person in a world of fake people is fun enough. Or just treating people like people even for a moment. It's fun. But yeah, this episode just screams super generic at a point. Last one of these, the last episode most people have seen of the show has probably one of the bigger names. That's right. It's the Miley Cyrus episode. Now, is she the best actor? Probably not, but she's good enough. And for sure, good enough in this role episode of being a pop star, right? This final episode has also been a bit polarizing based on quality, not controversy. But I am once again in the positive Ray of Sunshine camp for this one. Ray Sunshine. Shout out Outside Extra and Outside Xbox. One of my favorite channels to watch on YouTube. Fingers crossed, maybe we can pair up once I go a little more legit. Here's hoping. This episode, though, in question tackles bullying, the hardship of making friends, celebrities, and their impact on us, and humanizing them. They are people too, after all. And there is some classic Black Mirror artificial intelligence and sentience questions. Every toy has some level of this celeb in them, and I love, you know, the record label legit poisoning their celeb and you know just gonna use her back catalog to digitally create her and you know having this small robot version of herself that gets like jailbreaked and two kids save the real one you know after having her full sentience available it's a fun one that it's a bit dark especially showing how brutal people can be you know especially at school but it actually once again all three of these episodes have a fairly happy ending. Well, two of the three at least. TBD on that not Sherlock, Sherlock one. This one didn't keep me guessing or anything like that, but it was very fun. And even in a dark show that shows the issues with technology, there should be some fun ones. And while this episode and season were, you know, is a fairly different tone compared to some of the earlier horror stories, I'm still excited for the future of this franchise, which maybe will be around 2023. I just learned about this series, but I'm ready for more even after the full sprint through it. But now the moment of truth. How did I rank all these? It's no easy thing ranking 22 movies that you binge through in two weeks. And at some point, we'll add Bandersnatch to the list. Uh, I don't know if we'll do a full episode, but we'll add it to the list and I'll make it, I'll make it known. A little tricky to rank it because it's so different. So eventually, all 23 Black Mirror things will be on here. But until then... Uh, this time is now. Here is what I got for you for my Black Mirror episode rankings. It was real tough between probably the bottom three, 
with San Junipero, Crocodile, and Smithereens. And I think I liked a little bit of the uh, the, the drama in Crocodile a little more. So San Junipero's at 22, Crocodile's at 21. Smithereens, yeah, it wasn't the most interesting, but I, I really did think Andrew Scott did a good job in the role. And I like Sherlock, so who knows? So I put that at 20. Is Shut Up and Dance a good episode? Yeah, probably. Do I want to watch it ever again? Absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, good episode. Just really wasn't for me. It was too messed up for me. The man syndrome. The men syndrome, as it's called. Uh, so we'll put that at 19. I thought the entire history had some fun tech things. I think we start slowly getting to the slightly better group after this one. It was fine. It was a fine episode. It just when you see how cool some of the more niche episodes are, this one just is another you know relationship gone wrong that has interesting tech things. Uh, I put Metalhead, Men Against Fire, Be Right Back, Striking Vipers, and even the Walda moment all kind of fit in this next category of fine. Uh, I put Metalhead and Men Against Fire, the two kind of military e ones, are both. Okay, so we'll throw Metalhead at 17, Men Against Fire 16. People probably think Metalhead's better, and maybe it is more artsy and cool in that way. But I just think there was a little more going on in Men Against Fire, and even though I knew what was happening, I kind of think you kind of knew what was happening in both of those, in all honesty. I think there was maybe just a little more gotcha moment with the the neat how and why they were desensitizing people. Uh, was a little was a neat reveal they had in, in Men Against Fire. I think Striking Vipers is a fine enough episode. The drama is more relationship. Once again, you'll notice the relationship drama ones are not always as exciting for me. Um, you know, I like video games and that's fun. And I think it's, it's like I said, sometimes you need a happy-ish episode. And this one ends moderately happy um, with, you know, different kinds of love, which, you know, tis the month for that after all. Uh, be right back. You know, I was on the fence on this one because it is another relationship one. It is... Not always the most interesting to me. I do love me some Haley Atwell. Agent Carter really should have a season three. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think this is a more reserved story that does have some really interesting moments of, you know, grief, overcoming trauma, which is stuff I'm always interested in, as you loyal listener, you know. Um, in the same way that Hang the DJ hit that same note for me. But I think I have that one a little bit higher. Um, but be right back. I threw at 14. The Waldo moment, like I said, it was fun. I had fun with it. Maybe this could be lower on my list, but I think I enjoyed it enough for what it was. You know, it was a goofy cartoon character trying to make political commentary. And, you know, I think the end is fun. I would have liked to see more about what the end would have been like, you know, in a follow-up. I don't think we'll ever get that. But I thought the Waldo moment could fastly sit itself in the middle of the pack at like 13. I think this is where I start to feel... A little better over things. I know, um, you know, I'll say the next three uh, for 12, 11, and 10. Uh, Hang the DJ, White Bear, National Anthem. I think they're all fine. You know, I think I liked White Bear, right? And I know I think I liked it maybe more than a lot of people did. But maybe it's because I liked the movie The Hunt or because it was the closest to like a weird slasher kind of deal. There's some cool initial thoughts I had about people being possessed by their phones needing to film and not talk then there was the part of it with like um you know being hunted and then it being like a crime of the future punishment thing not weird David Cronenberg body horror garbage but you know still um so I thought White Bear was good enough at at 12 National Anthem the pig activity one it's dark it's messed up it should be like, you know, shut up and dance, but somehow I'm less messed up with this. I don't know how it's possible, but maybe I just think this is a really good story. There's more to this story, and I like how it's done overall as opposed to someone just getting instructions. It's like a whole national storyline, which is such a cool thing to me and shows how messed up people can be. Uh, Hang the DJ, the dating app one. I hate dating apps. A lot of people do. One day I'll get back on them. I'd like to meet someone naturally if you're in Wisconsin, especially in Green Bay. That'd be cool. If not, whatever, I guess. But uh, Hang the DJ, cool dating app episode. Is the uh, Hannah Montana episode, Miley Cyrus, one the best? No, it's fun. 
like I said, I think some of the episodes of season five, maybe they're not the best, but they're fun. I enjoyed the artificial intelligence, uh, Miley Cyrus one. So I put uh, Rachel Jack and Ashley two at number nine. Black Museum, super cool anthology. It's dark, messed up tech stuff with a weird guy. Kind of like White Christmas, but not as good and a little more spread out and a little all over the place. But I have Black Museum at eight. Could play test be lower? Sure. Am I a sucker for horror things? Yeah, and this is the closest horror thing I got. I hate the spiders. Hate the spiders. But I enjoyed playtest and how it played with people's fears and technology adapting to those fears. I know I wouldn't have a good time with that. I think it was a good horror one. Props. We're into the top six now, and I think things got pretty hard here. These are the the six that I think I'm probably, overall, I like the most. Um, And I think the tiers clearly... There's maybe a one higher tier after this, but um, these are all great. White Christmas, John Hamm, the anthology stuff is super cool. Uh, obviously, I like John Hamm, and I think the blocking technology here, the memory recall technology, it's all very well done. I like a festive episode, and I think this one knocked it out of the park. Do I think Hate in the Nation is... The best episode, no. Do I think it's the most maybe thought-provoking episode? I think it's in the top two or three. Um, I like the idea of, you know, hunting a serial killer, air quotes. Um, I like the idea of playing with, you know, mob mentality and, you know, it's someone trying to keep people accountable for crimes and stuff. But then, you know, it, it kind of draws out other people like using celebrities as bait who are kind of doing bad things and punishing them but everyone who's kind of complicit in the punishment also gets punished it was such a good fake out end all about it you know the star trek episode is good i'm not even a huge star trek person i've seen the movies haven't really seen the show more of a star wars guy maybe one day i'll get into it but uss Callister sublime episode is some people's favorite episode and it's really good and you know the office punishment wish fulfillment thing is kind of neat the digital sentience is cool in this but it just doesn't crack into my top three so i got it at four and i think my top three i feel really good about it i think people would maybe agree with two of these i think people probably have uss callister higher um in their top three but my three is actually archangel and something about the parent like blocking their kid from like saving their kid from the world and how detrimental that is like in the invasion of privacy from your like mom being able to see everything you're doing or your parent being able to see what you're doing like it was a crazy episode in like the best possible way and it might be one of the most like realistic ish ones like there are people who would for sure want that tech now real tough call Real tough call between 15 million merits from season one and nosedive from season three. The American Idol one or the social media one. They're both really good, but um, I think it's real tough. Real tough to pick against nosedive because I think it's the most realistic. I think we're the closest to that one. I really liked 15 million merits and the idea of, you know, the the clear social hierarchy the world has and how we put certain people on pedestals while the rest of us toil away. I think it's a great message. I think Daniel Kaluuya acts out of his mind in this, and it's such a good way. If you can get past that pig episode, this is such a, a treat for your second episode to the, the series as a whole. But Bryce Dallas Howard, um, social media and vilifying it and just showing how crazy and fake everything is. It's so good. I think everyone should watch Nosedive. I think everyone should watch Archangel. And I think 50 Million Merits is still really good. It's not as crucial, but I think it's still really good. I think there's so many episodes that have good morals. Um, they tell you it's not like Mr. Rogers. Uh, it's not as wholesome, but there's some good life lessons in these. So you know, once again, we find ourselves with one of the longer episodes that I've made on here in ages. Brings me back to the early days of this podcast in 2020 when I was doing weekly ones uh, during the pandemic. But this whole franchise and episode brought me back to even the early days of, and, you know, AHS as a whole. But what is your take on Black Mirror, either the full series or an episode in particular? We have some loyal listeners and Black Mirror fans, Elise and Caleb, the inspirations, and they're going to be sharing their lists on social so you can check uh, all those out compared to my list 
And, you know, you can share yours too. They were the inspiration for this episode and deep dive after all. But check it all out on social at neither knickknack underscore IC or knickknack movies on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere you listen to podcasts overall. And look, this has been Nick from another podcast, Palooza. Uh, Let me know. Of course, let me know your list and come talk of mine. I can't wait to hear from you. But until then, cheers. And as always, until next time, cinephiles. Are you not entertained? I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this see you later, alligator.